we are carrying on with the Beatitudes um, today. I'm going to do the sixth Beatitude. And next week, Sheila will be speaking uh, on the seventh one, which is, blessed are the peacemakers, not, not the cheesemakers, as, as it... When, when she, I, I sort of asked if anybody would like to, uh, to preach on these things, and she said, yeah, I'll take the peacemakers, but I was, I was going to do my life with Brian Jokes, so you'll have to, you know, you, they're there for you if you want. Um, <laughs> uh, but today we're going to read from Matthew chapter 5. Um, let's read these Beatitudes again, and as I read them, um, they are blessings to us, but let us, let us also just, in our hearts, make them a blessing for this world, and, and particularly for our community around them as, as we speak these out. Um, so this is Matthew chapter 5 and I, I'm gonna, I'll start at verse 3 which, where Jesus says blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So today we're going to focus on verse 8. Um, blessed are those who are pure in heart, or happy are those who are pure in heart, as some translations would have it. These are the Beatitudes, remember, are happy attitudes in a way, and um, this is definitely a happy attitude. If you're pure in heart, you shall see God. There's the blessing. That's the, 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 the beatitude we're looking at. Um, so I w I'm going to start with some questions. Um, you, you might want to answer these or not, I don't know. But my question is, what does a Christian look like? You might want to look around the room. What does a Christian look like? You know? We probably have some stereotypes in that. Oh, definitely when I was at school, there were some stereotypes. They wore sandals with socks for some reason. I don't know. Play guitars. Yes, with a rainbow strap, not just an ordinary guitar. Yeah. Um, uh, the men have beards, so Keith's all right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I won't go around everybody who's got beards or not. Whether you know, They have a cross around their neck. You know, anyone take that one off? A big one. Oh, okay. Not just a little piece of jewellery, but this is a statement piece, yeah? Um, in some parts of the world, they have an unwavering smile. Even when somebody's just died, <laughs> you know? How things, yes, the Lord is good, you know? Um, I don't know, have you ever played Spot the Christian? No, you've not? Oh, okay. Oh, you should do, it's fun, you should fun. You know, next time you go shopping, try it, you know? <laughs> Or maybe, maybe be more specific, spot the Baptist, or spot the Catholic, or spot the Anglican. Um, you know, when we were at the Catholic healing conference a few weeks ago, I have to say there was a bit of spot the Protestant going on in me. You know, just sort of, you know, do I notice anyone who, you know, isn't, isn't Catholic? Spot the nun is easier. Let me just say, if you want to play this, you want to start at the beginner level, go for spot the nun, and then you can, um, you know. Um, also, just on a Sunday, men dressed in suits on a Sunday, or women in, in very sort of hats, yes, hats, or, or nice clothes, um, uh, yeah, head coverings, particularly head coverings that aren't hats, actually, you know, there's, there's a giveaway. 
Um, Sunday best is still a thing, isn't it, for some people? Um, in some churches, it's being hipster, having a beard particularly well groomed. You know, those sort of the hipster um, Christians. I've noticed in Cap, Daniel's not here to back me up, but I'm, if he were, I am sure he would back me up, and I've, I've kind of done this a bit today. Smart, informal, but smart shirts are the way forward for Christians. So this kind of, I, I put, maybe I. Maybe I, I hadn't thought about it, you know, but this is, um, you know, you go to a CAP conference and you know who the leadership team are because they all look like they've got a shirt like this on. And it's, it's, um, uh, you know, trendy but not too trendy, you know, because we don't want to draw attention to ourselves because all glory goes to God, okay? So I don't want to be looking too good, obviously, um, but the glory goes to God. The other thing I've noticed as well, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll get to my point in a minute. Um, but there is a trend, I think, amongst Christians, not all Christians, but there's a trend amongst a certain type of Christian to have a good quality fleece or outdoor coat because a lot of Christians like to be out in the creation and, you know, walking and stuff. I don't know if you've noticed that, but particularly, yeah, amongst sort of some of the people I've met, oh, good quality fleece, that's going to last you. That's, gonna, you know, that's a good outdoor coat that's going to last you sometimes because we like to go out and be with God in creation. Maybe this is all just in my head. I don't know if anybody else plays these games, but this is just, you know, things that go on in my head. Children, you know, you've got now new games to play when you're out. Car stickers, I hadn't thought of car stickers, yes. The fish sticker. Scripture Union badges, yeah. Go on, we could go on. I've started something now. Spot a Christian. Sorry? Jesus is my co-driver. Yeah, there's all those cheesy bump stickers. Yeah, get one for your your, your dad for his birthday. Um, now you may not have such a refined eye as me in in spotting a Christian, but um, I bet though you have some unspoken and maybe some spoken ideas on what a Christian doesn't look like. You know, maybe some kinds of behaviours that they might follow. The you know maybe maybe they don't look like. Um, sort of Harley-Davidson riding, leather-clad, kind of biker-type, heavy metal, kind of, in your mind, you know. Maybe excessive tattoos, or maybe people wearing, sort of, well, it might actually just be foreign clothes, or, or, or you know, different religious clothes. Um, or even people who wear maybe more, not many clothes at all, <laughs> um, shall we say. You know, what does a Christian not look like? We may not speak these things out, but we... We probably have the kind of like, I don't know whether you've met somebody and you've thought, you've, you've looked at them and you've, from the outside and you've thought, okay, and then they say they're a Christian and you've gone, ooh, well, that surprises me, just by what they look like. You know, have you ever had that experience? Come on, be, let's be honest. I, I, I have, yeah, okay. Um, so we probably have some notion of what a Christian doesn't look like, even if we don't have an idea of what a Christian does look like. And my question is, does God care? Oh, good. Uh, we're in the right church, okay. He, he really doesn't care whether you've got sandals on or not, whether you're wearing the cross or not, whether you've got a leather jacket, tattoos up your arm and piercings in your nose or whatever. God doesn't care about the outward. He's not that interested. But it's funny though, the world does work like that. You know, if you're invited to meet the Queen or even just be in her presence, as some of you know, thank you. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while, but I thought I would bring this one out of the bag. 
Um, if you don't know, I did play for the Queen for her 90th uh, birthday um, at St. Paul's. And in my mind, I had this idea, um, because for some reason in my mind, I thought a, a bloke holding a short, big, silver, shiny instrument wouldn't be easy enough to spot on the telly. But I thought to myself, I'd wear my pink shirt. I bought a pink shirt. Louise actually helped me buy a pink shirt. But it was for Liam's wedding when he got married. It was kind of, and I haven't worn it much, believe it or not. So it's, it's, it's sort of sat in the cupboard. Now, I bring it out on special occasions. It's quite sort of, you know, smart shirt. And I, I think I might have said I'll be wearing a pink shirt on the telly. So you'll see me, as well as seeing the silver tuba, you will see the guy with the pink shirt. But then when I got my thing for it, it said, dark suits, white shirts, somber ties. <laughs> you, know, uh, you have to wear the right thing for the queen. Um, and, and I think with any function you go to with the queen, if you're invited, there will be a dress code, won't there? And, and that's not uncommon. Um, what makes me laugh sometimes is you see these rock stars from, you know, like the Rolling Stones or something, they've been given some award, MBE or something, and they, they squeeze themselves into a suit. <laughs> and you look at the face and you look at the suit and you think these two things don't really go together, do they? They look the most uncomfortable in the, in the, in a suit and tie. Um, but actually the good news is God isn't like that. He is not like that. He doesn't really care what you're wearing. He doesn't care whether your hair's a mess or not. He doesn't care about your outward appearance. He doesn't care about your religious actions, your conformity. He doesn't really, ma really care about any of these things because he is looking at people's hearts. He's looking at our insides. He's more concerned with how you look on the inside than you do on the outside. And the slightly, or in fact, actually sometimes very, um, what's the word? It's just, uh, it, it brings awe and, and fear to you that the idea that actually God can see inside. I mean, I can, I can do the smile. Yeah, seems fine. And you, if you know me well enough, you'll know when it's a false smile. And I try not to do false smiles. But, but whatever I look like on the outside, whether I've got my smart shirt on or not, God sees me on the inside. And he sees you on the inside. Um, so that's comforting, but it's also a little bit disconcerting sometimes, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, in First Peter it says, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of your hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the wearing of your, or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight is very precious. I mean, that's speaking to, to women there, but I think it speaks to men as well. You know, it, God's not that fussed about what you look like or what you're doing on the outside. But he's, he's really concerned and he's much more interested on the heart and, and the, the quiet spirit and, and the things inside us. Those things are precious to God. So I suppose the question this morning is, how's your heart condition? You know, as we get older, we tend to think about these things. How's my heart working? You know, have I got blood pressure? Am I heart rate. Um, uh, Shari gave us a, a blood pressure monitor for, to, to take Ella's blood pressure the, a few weeks ago and she, she showed me how to use it. And apparently I have the, uh, the heart rate of an athlete, she said. You know, and it, it's kind of, kind of made me feel quite good about myself. You know, I feel, ooh, yeah. You know, this is, um, but actually God is not even interested in that. <laughs> he doesn't care how fit you are or not. In, in once. He just wants to know your spiritually, how is your heart condition? 
what's the heart rate in your spirit in the spiritual sense? Because we come to this, and, and here's the very long introduction. It's probably one of my longest introductions. We'll get to the verse now. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And there's some good news in that, because the good news is the gospel is inside out. The gospel is inside out. The gospel works in us, outward. And that's good news to everybody who realizes they can't get it right on the outside. And they don't fit in, or they don't or they keep fumbling and making mistakes, and and or, or they don't feel as though they know how to pray the right prayers, or they don't know their Bible, or where they don't feel as though they fit in just in society because they don't look the part. God's not interested in that. He's interested in renewing us from the inside, which actually then does seep out onto the outside. He's much more interested in the condition of our hearts and our attitudes and the way we think and, and the things that go on inside us, which will then spill out onto the outside as he changes us than anything on the outside. Scriptures tell us that we are being renewed. It's one of my favourites. I don't know if you know because I say it a lot, but we are renewed day by day inwardly. Even though the outside is wasting away. You know, there is only so much stuff you can do to your outside to make it not look like get it getting older. But inwardly we're being renewed day by day. And God's concern has always been for the in, inner life, the inner heart's condition, if you like. If you think back to... to the time of King David, and when David was being chosen, you know, it's a famous story, isn't it? You know, the, the prophet comes along and, and, and they line up all the sons. And some of them maybe did have an athletic heart, you know, rate like mine, you know. And, um, and, you know, surely it's this fit one here, or surely it's this good-looking one here. And the prophet's going, no, no, no. And what he says is the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at. And so Jesus carries on in the same way, you know, later on he would come along and he says, Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. See, so consistently God is saying, it's not about the outside, it's about the inside. Sort your insides out and then the outsides become sorted anyway. But I think throughout history, and even if you look at the world and the way religions work today, it's all about working from the outside in, or at least working on the outside and hoping that something happens on the inside, but it never really gets there. But the gospel is inside out. You can do all the right things out. You can go to church each week, you can read the Bible, you can sing the songs, you can say a loud Amen. Yep, there's a cue there, but you missed it. You can lift your hands, you can serve the poor. Amen, brother. Yes, thank you. You can give generously. You can do all those things outwardly, but if your heart is rotten, God's not that fussed about what you're, what you're doing. He's, it counts for very little. I'm not saying that going to church is a bad thing. I'd be out of a job, wouldn't I? You know, I'll be talking to myself. If we, yeah, you know, or maybe it would be easier for me. I could just, I'm not saying reading your Bible is a bad thing. I'm not saying serving the poor is a bad thing. But the order needs to be right. It needs to be an inside-out thing. If it's something that God is going to be pleased with. Inside-out is the Jesus way. He says, first clean the inside of the cup and then the outside will be clean as well. Allow the Holy Spirit to reform you on the inside. He wants to. He's there for us to do that. He wants to change us from the inside out. And then from a 
a pure heart will flow pure actions. Jesus said, if you clean the inside of the cup, the outside is clean as well. That doesn't work when you're washing up, but, that's a, but it's a spiritual principle, okay? Um, clean the inside, that's, that's the most important thing though, isn't it? When you clean a cup, you, you, you don't want the dregs of coffee from someone else's glass. You, you, want, you want it clean. And that's what Jesus is saying. Clean the inside first. And this is the gospel. Jesus comes to change our insides. And then the the Beatitude says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart, the ones who are allowing God to work on them on the inside and to reform their inner life, are the ones who shall see God. And I was wondering what that means, and I was reading a few different people's take on what that means to see God. Um, And I think... As I read and I've been thinking about this, it's something about the idea of being present with him. To see who he really is. It's more than just like you're watching a film. Sheila was telling me about the cinema in Addison. How, has everyone been to the cinema in Addison? It's great. So, see films. We're uh, going soon. Um, but it, it's more than seeing God like you're watching a film. You know, because when you're watching a film, it can be very real, but at the same time, you can't. You know, if it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, then show my age now on the film. When was the last time he was in a film? But if you, you know, you can't, you can see him and you can see the character, but you can't actually talk to him. You can't actually interact with him, even if it's very vivid and if, even if it's telling a true story. She was saying about a film she's seen, it's a retelling of a, a true story, but you can't actually engage with it. You, you are, but you aren't. So it's more than that. I think it's more than seeing God like that. I think it's more than seeing a passing fleeting glimpse. I do remember actually, I, I did see the Queen once when I was um, in Scotland and she was just happened to be driving past. I remember that we were on a coach, I was on a music tour then as well, and, and, and it was like everyone went, there's the Queen, and it was like, Phew. she's gone, you know. But I thought, I've seen the Queen. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't really much of a scene, you know, it was just kind of maybe just saw the back of her head as I realised she drove past. I think this is talking about more, seeing God more than that. Or, or sometimes I think we read the Bible and we read these stories and we read of the character of God and, and we see God in the scriptures, but he, he kind of stays on the page, if that makes sense. You know? I think it's more than that. It's more than just knowing that God is a, a story of old, I suppose. But this seeing God is actually seeing God as a real and living person who we meet and encounter in a tangible way. Who, just like if I wanted to, I can, I can shake Granny's hand and I can say hello and I can sort of squeeze her cheeks and say, yes, this is a real person and she can talk to me and, and maybe <laughs> slap me around the face for giving her a squeeze around the cheeks, you know, then I know there's something real here, you know? You know, that, that's, that's really seeing, isn't it? When it's, it's talking about seeing in a way that is actually, we can touch and we can feel, you know, that it's, it's a real thing. We can see God and experience his power and his beauty and his majesty in an interactive way. Not just seeing God on a stage from afar, you know. Like sometimes, you know, you go to a concert or something, and even though it's real, you've been at the Albert Hall if you were sitting up in the, in the seats right at the top. You know, you're there, but the musicians are so far away, they kind of like, you know, you can't. But it's about seeing, seeing God is really kind of almost just getting on the stage with him and being part of the being part of the concert. And we know that when Jesus returns, 
every eye will see him. And every, I think we will experience him in that way. But I think this beatitude speaks to the present as well as the future. There is future hope, yes, but there is a present hope as well to say that the pure in heart, those who God is reforming on the inside and who, those who are allowing God to reform on the inside, they will see God here and now. They'll see him in the ordinary because their heart is not clouded with the, the darkness that it used to have the bitterness, the scepticism, the judgment. As the heart becomes purer, we see God in the ordinary things. So, in everyday events, I mean, I used to be very sceptical when people say, oh, I don't know, you know. I mean, we actually, I just joked with Emma, because she said, um, we, were, we were waiting, so shall we start the service now? And then, and the battery ran out of the microphone and then a few more people turned up and it's like, well, yes, the Lord is working through the battery. <laughs> you know, and we kind of joke about things like that, but actually, the pure in heart see that actually God is at work even in things like that. You know, he's at work in the, smart, the smallest things. If we have a pure heart, we will see that God is here with us in the really small things of life. If we have a sceptical heart, we'll kind of and not allow God to reform us, we'll probably just sort of say, oh, well, that's you, yeah. Or, well, you can play that out. With a pure heart, we will see God in, in our pain. Because our heart isn't filled with bitterness or resentment. But our, when our heart becomes pure, we know that in all things, God works for good. He's working. He's working in those hard things. He's working in those painful things. With a pure heart, we will see God in people. Because we'll, I think a lot of these Beatitudes fit together, by the way. You know, when you start to live in mercy, there's a purity of heart. When I start to live and think more, more mercifully towards you, then I start to think in, more, in a purer way, and I will see God in you. And, and so, with a pure heart, we start to see God in the people around us, and the things that they're saying, the things they're doing. With a pure heart, we go and buy a good quality fleece and we get out of creation. And we see that God is working and he's putting life into the birds that are flying around us and the things that are springing up around us at this time of year. And the wind has been just crazy, hasn't it, all this last week. And that wind is in all of those things. With a pure heart, we see that. With a kind of scientific, kind of influenced by this world, kind of, sort of I know we don't believe, we don't go and believe what the, the world speaks, the atheistic kind of scientific view, but it does influence us. It, it kind of, just the way that we've been brought up over the last decade has to have influenced us, but now as God purifies our hearts and know that he is Lord over all and he has made things, and we see God in creation. For seeing God. My, my experience is the ones who see God more are the ones who have the purer heart. Just, just, just my observation, just as I've been a Christian now for quite some time, the people that have a pure heart, they, they, they seem to see God a lot more. Those who take personal purity more seriously, those who design to be refined and, refined and purified, those who seek the sanctification of the Holy Spirit, they, they're the ones that seem to live most closely with God. So, the Beatitude says, Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. So the question is, what is our heart condition? Well, how are we dressed on the inside? 
on this Sunday? How's our Sunday best looking on the inside? You know, how how is our inner life? Because Jesus looked to the inside, not the outside. Check our heart condition. Check our heart rate. How how often are our thoughts? How often does our heart pump out thoughts of bitterness or impurity? And how often does it pump out things that are speaking encouragement and mercy and grace and love? How's our heart pressure? How hard do we have to try to work for our hearts to be good, for good things? Or how, how impurity, how, how hard does our heart have to work in, in pumping out things that are impure? And check these things and match them up to Jesus' words and the Holy Spirit. Sort of accountability, if you like. I think some things we get so used to, some things that God would say, look, I want to change that. We get so used to some things that we become accustomed to them. We don't even realize how impure they are. But Jesus, if you think about Jesus' words, and, and this is how we, we become purified. Things. We're just taking Jesus' words seriously. That, you know, Jesus says that things like murder and adultery and sexual immorality and theft and false testimony, there's lists that go on in the Bible. The Bible, would, we would sort of say, well, I, you know, I haven't murdered anyone this week. I haven't done that. I, I haven't committed adultery this week. You know, with my wife. But Jesus says, yeah, that's the outward stuff. I'm concerned with, in your heart. Have you committed murder in your heart? Probably. When you got angry at somebody. That, that's where Jesus takes this, doesn't he? But the good news is he wants to come by the Holy Spirit and reform us. And he does reform us. And I know so many people, and I'm amongst people, where our lives are being transformed. And those thoughts, I know, they may be there, but they are a lot less than they were many years ago. So I want to finish with some good news in this, because Jesus wants to purify our hearts so that we do see God. That's, his, that's what he's about. It's not now you're thinking, oh no, my heart's so rotten. Yeah, it probably is. I mean, just so is mine. <laughs> But Jesus wants to change us. And he will change us. And there's that bit where, um, I think it's where, where Jesus is washing feet. And is it Peter who says, well, if you're going to wash my feet, wash all of me. And he says, you don't need to be washed all over, just your feet. He says, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. And I think this is, if we just allow Jesus' words to speak to us, there is a purifying, there is a cleansing in there that works on the inside and goes out. If we allow the Holy Spirit just to remind us of those words, just, how much C.S. Lewis? Doesn't C.S. Lewis talk about these things as magic? You know, it is like, it is like magic, in a sense, because the Holy Spirit can do things where we're thinking, I can't do this myself. And I know from a, the way I used to think about many things has changed over the years. So much. And this is good news because Jesus wants to keep doing it in order. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And, and as we do that, the more, more God works in us, the more we see him. So, ask God, Just let's just take a moment, ask God just to Maybe he might want to pinpoint some issues or some thought ways in our lives. Um, and the reason why he would do that is because he wants to speak to them 
and come by his spirit to bring purity to them so that you would see him and know him more. I don't want anyone to feel condemned by this, but I want everyone to know that it is God's goodness that wants to change us through through the gospel. So let's just take a couple of moments and then I'll pray and then we'll, we'll finish up. Come, Holy Spirit, and minister to us. We've already sung this morning, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, I want to see you. And so we do desire to see you more in our lives. We want to see you and the people around us, the world around us, situations, the circumstances around us. We want to see you more. Purify our hearts. Purify our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you work in us inside out and transform us each day. Just give us the ability to open our hearts and say, come and change this, come and change that. Whatever and however God is speaking to us in the different areas of our heart, let us be renewed inwardly. Let the inner life, let the inner condition of our heart be transformed today and be continued to be renewed each day by you, Holy Spirit that we would be reformed and renewed. This is good news. We are blessed and we thank you for that blessing and we desire to see you and know you more. Thank you. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.